Welcome to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, where we talk about all things in the world of NASCAR. Coming up today, we will recap Talladega. We will preview the doubleheader this weekend at Pocono, and we will discuss all that happened this weekend with Bubba Wallace as well. No Connor today, just me, so buckle in and get ready to go. So we are going to start off by recapping Talladega, the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway, 188 laps scheduled for Sunday due to rain and lightning and thunderstorms in the area. They were not able to even start the race there, so it was pushed back to Monday. That's actually the reason why Connor isn't here. We had planned to record on Monday. It was the only day both of us were available to get together and record, And but since the race was run on Monday instead of Sunday, we had no race to recap, so hence, I am the one here recording by myself. We will run down 10 to 1 in 10th place, Kevin Harvick. Pretty good run for him. Uh, Jimmy Johnson fans are not happy with him. He caused the last caution by spinning out Jimmy Johnson as he, as Johnson led, or not led, but was charging to the front. Johnson had been waiting all day. He found a time to make a move with, uh, I believe, two to go. So they set up an overtime finish. Actually, I think it was like, yeah, two to go. There were two laps to go there. And so in ninth place, Kurt Busch, he's been really solid and consistent so far this year. Good run for him. John Hunter Nemechek, the rookie. Pretty good run for him, given the equipment he's in. Super Speedway is always kind of sort of even out the competition and make it easier for different teams to do better, who typically wouldn't be running where they would, where they run at a Super Speedway. In seventh place, Alex Bowman for Hendrick Motorsports. Pretty good run for him. He led a couple of laps there at the end. Um, and then in sixth place, Chris Buescher. Good run for him. He got up front mostly, I think, due to the fact that a lot of cars ran out of fuel. There's just a poorly timed caution earlier in the race that caused them to run low on fuel right before the end. They needed to pit, and he got shuffled up to the front. In fifth place, Eric Jones. He kind of came out of nowhere. Didn't see him running up front all day, and then boom, in the last couple laps, he ended up up front. Denny Hamlin, fourth place. FedEx gave up their sponsorship for the weekend to allow the National Civil Rights Museum to put their logo and advertise their product on the on his 11 Toyota and I thought that was really cool it looked pretty nice pretty good cause and pretty good car too good run for him he sat on the pole he drew for it so good run for him in third place Eric Almarola spun across the line but beat Denny Hamlin because his, uh, the rear of his car crossed the line before Hamlin's front of his car crossed the line. So third place for him. Good run for him. Almirola has been pretty good at the super speedways in his career. So good run for him. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Second place. Loses by seven thousandths of a second to the winner, Ryan Blaney. Stenhouse had a really good run all day. He'd go to the front and then he'd fall to the back and he'd charge up to the front and fall to the back over and over again. It was really impressive watching him. He's really good 
at the super speedways. And of course, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, Ryan Blaney wins the race, giving him his first win of the year, giving Team Penske a win for all of their drivers, five total this year. They I believe that's the most among all the teams. Really good run for him. He had, prior to this race, led the most laps of the season of any driver who had not won a race yet. He has been in position to win and or compete for a win in almost every race this season. So, great run for him, great win. And so he gets his first win of the season, punches his ticket into the playoffs. So, now we went down 10 to 1. Well... We'll now take a look at the point standings. Um, top five in the regular point standings, Kevin Harvick in front, followed by Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Brad Keselowski, all three Team Penske cars in the top five. And then in the playoffs, Denny Hamlin leads with his three wins, and then followed by Harvick, Logano, and Keselowski, each with two. And then in from fifth to eighth, Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Alex Bowman, all of them have one win. And then Kurt Busch, or Kyle Busch, sorry, Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, and Eric Almirola, that's 9 through 12. And then Clint Boyer, William Byron, Matt DiBenedetto, and Tyler Reddick. Reddick in 16th bumped his teammate, or he jumped a couple guys due to his stage one win. And of course, well, stage two goes to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finished second. Reddick finished 20th in his number eight car. So, pretty good run for the rookie. Once again, a lot of guys got shuffled back due to fuel mileage problems and having to pit right at the end. And Bubba Wallace finished 14th. He led a lap. He was up front at the end for a little bit before he ran out of fuel, had to come into pit. And Joey Logano led 33 laps, but finished 17th once again due to fuel problems. And so with that done, we will go on to preview both races at Pocono Raceway right after this. Welcome back to the Quick Quit Podcast. This is episode number three. I'm your host, Ethan. My typical co-host, Connor, is not able to record with me today, so it's just me here recording this podcast. We recap Dega, Talladega, Super Speedway, the Geico 500 in the last segment, and now we will move on to this weekend's action that will be at Pocono Raceway in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. Not one, but two races at the Tricky Triangle, the two and a half mile long Racetrack with only three corners shaped like a triangle, hence the name Tricky Triangle. We'll go over a couple of drivers who have done well here in the past, as well as some predictions I have for who will do well in the races this weekend. That's right, races, plural. All three series will be in action. A truck series will race on Saturday before the Cup Series races mid-afternoon there. And then on Sunday, the Xfinity Series will race there at noon, I believe. And then the Cup Series will return to the track to race again Sunday afternoon. So two races for the Cup Series. 
and so we will get into some good drivers at this track. Martin Truex Jr. has two wins at the track with an average finish of 15.2. Kurt and Kyle Busch both have three wins at the track, the brothers each with three. Kyle Busch has won a couple recently, Kurt Busch has won some in the past. Kurt Busch with an average finish of 14.4 and Kyle Busch with an average finish of 15.6. Jimmy Johnson, as typically shows up in all of these lists as we do our previews every week, has three wins at the track. I wonder if there are any tracks that he doesn't have multiple wins at. He has tw an average finish of 12.4. That's the second highest among the drivers I have listed here. And then first place out of the current drivers in terms of wins and average finish, I believe Denny Hamlin, five wins at Pocono Raceway with an average finish of 12.0. Upon going through this, I realized that my old favorite driver, Jeff Gordon, had six wins at this racetrack. That is the record for Pocono Raceway in terms of NASCAR Cup Series, so if Denny Hamlin can win this weekend, he will tie Jeff Gordon for the record. Now, as, to, as for my predictions, now the Penske drivers, each of them has one win at this track, so they all have found success here. I believe that they might, it might be the Penske drivers again. They've been so strong so far this year, although Kozlowski has kind of lucked into his two wins, but Blaney and Logano certainly haven't, and all of them were very strong at Talladega. I think they will carry some momentum into this week at Pocono. Now, I guess I have to pick two win two drivers to win here. Um so and as I believe will probably be the case uh, when the Xfinity series ran two races at Homestead a couple weeks ago, if the drivers cars were not damaged, they would have to use the same vehicle. So, therefore the winning car on Saturday could also be in the race on Sunday so that could mean you could have if you have one of the best cars in the field you would have a very legitimate shot at winning both however I'm going to predict that I believe Denny Hamlin will be challenging for the win I think Denny Hamlin is my pick for Saturday because of his experience and skill there and then for Sunday I think I will pick Kurt Busch as the winner he's been so consistent this year I feel like Soon he is going to break through and win a race. It's only a matter of time now, and since he has three wins at the track, I think now is a good time to do it for Kurt Busch. No fans in the stands this week. I know you've gotten used to, I certainly have gotten used to, sort of, and certainly enjoyed seeing fans in the stands at the last two races. 5,000 at Talladega, which was great for the post race celebrations for Ryan Blaney and the interview with Bubba Wallace, which we'll get into in a few minutes here. So it was great to see the fans in the stands at Talladega celebrating with some of the drivers. They were certainly not social distancing, but how do you social, social distance when the driver's down there and you want to go down and meet him? So I think I'll give them a pass. So that, that will do it for this segment. Coming up, Bubba Wallace and all the activities that happened over the weekend right after this.
Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. I'm the only one here today recording as Connor could not make it today, so it's just me. So I hope you enjoy the sound of my voice. <laughs> so this is episode number three of the Quick Pit Podcast, and we are discussed this weekend, past weekend's action at Talladega. We've previewed next weekend's double header against, or against, at Pocono. And now we're going to go into some of the other events that happened at Talladega Super Speedway involving the noose found in Bubba Wallace's garage. So the race was rained out on Sunday, and as the crews came back to the garage that Bubba Wallace's car and his team and his equipment was in, a team member noticed what he thought was a noose, or what was a noose, rather, hanging from the wall in the garage and he immediately ran and told officials it got pa- NASCAR officials it got passed up the ranks to the uh president of NASCAR Steve Phelps and Phelps issued a statement or NASCAR issued a statement saying that a noose had been found in his garage and that they were investigating it then on sun or on Monday before the race a really an awesome show of support i thought it was really really great and really cool that they did this, all the drivers rallied behind Bubba Wallace, pushed him out to the front of the grid, and then all the crews joined in. So there's this, all the teams basically showed their support for Bubba Wallace. It was just a really cool outreach of support to Bubba. And if you want to check it out, there's a video of it on YouTube. I'm sure you could find it. And then... They ran the race, and uh, Bubble ran very well. He led up front for a couple of laps. He finished in the top 15. He's been doing really well recently, which was great for him and for his team. And then after the race, he was interviewed by a Fox reporter. Very emotional, or not very emotional interview, but I thought it's a very powerful interview. And he was quoted as saying that, Basically, what whoever did this to me, referring the person who supposedly hung the noose in his garage, um, I want to show them. He said that they cannot take my smile away, and that really, I really thought that was a great, great way of putting it, and it it just showed that it had not shaken him too much. I don't think. Anyway, so the FBI launched an investigation into the incident, and on Tuesday, they or Tuesday evening, they released a report saying that it was not, in fact, a hate crime. That it had been the noose was a garage door pull that had been hanging there since at least October. There was a picture that released um, of. Since the garages are decided by a team's current position in the standings, that there was no way that anyone could have known back then that Bubba Wallace was there, and that there was a picture of Ryan Blaney's team at the October Talladega race with the noose hanging in it. So the same rope tied in a noose hanging in the garage in the background. So it's decided that it was not a hate crime. It was, in fact, merely just a coincidence. However, of course, still the question remains why it was tied in the shape of a noose as they checked all the garage door pull ropes. That's what the noose was made of. 
in the garages and none of the other ones were tied in a fashion that looked like a noose. So it raises the question as to why it was there, but does not raise the question is did Bubba plant it? That did not happen. It was not Bubba's doing to try and give him more publicity or anything like that. He didn't even know that it was there until he was told by the chairman or president of NASCAR. His crew member was the one who found it, so it is not Bubba's attempt to gain publicity or to make it... I'm trying to think of the right... It was not Bubba's doing to make himself look better or anything like that. Or So that is been ruled out don't even go there I don't think it's necessary to go there at all however it does raise the question as to why the noose was there in the first place why it would be tied like that in the first place and how how and why it's it was there at all of course those questions haven't been answered but it is not a hate crime and it was not Bubba's doing to try and it's not like it's not a conspiracy that Bubba did this to himself. So that's completely out of the question. So and then of course a noose was found hanging from a tree at Sonoma Raceway. They are investigating that. I haven't heard anything as of today, any more updates about that. But that and the Talladega incident are completely unrelated. And so I think the best thing is that just to, even though it didn't end up being a real threat towards Bubba, just the fact that the incident with the news in the garage rallied all the drivers, all the drivers rallied behind him to support him and lift him up. And I just thought that was a really great moment. And that no matter whether or not the news in the end wasn't, really targeted to him it doesn't matter it's the drivers are still behind him and still supporting him and I can understand why NASCAR might have reacted the way they did to the noose because there had been a lot of different protests there was a plane that flew over the track with a confederate flag and there was a parade of trucks with the flag going around the outside of the track to protest the ban of Confederate flags, which I think is great. And so I can understand why NASCAR might not have looked into it more before they sounded the alarm to about this incident, because they were certainly on um, high alert for stuff like this to possibly happen. So that will do it for this podcast. Make sure to Subscribe, like, and share with your friends. I'm your host, Ethan. This is the Quick Pit Podcast. We will see you next week. We will recap both Pocono races. Um, Hopefully, Connor will be back. We haven't checked to see if when when we're able to get together and record. But thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.